From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 194, and today I am joined by writer Mike McFadden, whose most recent credits are Jan, as well as the Magic School Bus remake. Joining alongside them are both Carrie Kupix and Jonathan Gross, two wonderful people from the company Unobstructed View, which, among other things, represent the Criterion Collection in Canada. So, you know, I love them. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch Mad Max. I'm Jeremy, and I have kind of sort of not seen this movie. I'll explain in a minute. After kind we go of over. sort of not. Yeah, I'll explain. I'll, there's a story behind it. But we'll go around. We also we have we have many people joining us on this wonderful episode. So we also okay. have we'll go Mike. Uh yeah, I'm Mike. I have not seen this movie. Not a frame. Carrie? I'm Carrie, and yeah, I have to my shame not seen it either. And I'm very excited to see it. And last but not least, Jonathan. I usually would shame Carrie because there's a list of films she just hasn't seen that would disqualify her for working for us. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I haven't, you know, I'm old enough to maybe not remember if I've ever seen it, but I don't think I've seen this one. Oh, wow. So, I, oh, really? I've I, seen. And I'm like, again, Road Warrior is one of my favorite movies. So I, I, I don't know. We're, we're putting this, I mean, again, I don't know if I, I don't think I've seen this one. No oh, way. wow. That's, that's even better. So my relationship, of course, I've seen Fury Road. Um, We've all seen Fury Road. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and, but I haven't seen, I know I, someone put this on at a sleepover I was at and then their mom came in the room and turned it off. So this I, one here. Wow. Yeah. So I think I've seen like maybe 10 minutes of it. All right. Then, and then I wasn't able to find it or get around to it. And then it just kind of slipped my mind. And I had a friend who was obsessed with Mad Max in high school, but I, for some reason, I never got around to watching it. No, it's a good one because it, it's good because, again, Road War is one of my favorite movies. And I, and I, I guess I don't, want, I don't want to spoil, and this is no good, spoil Road Warrior. Yeah. So, I mean, what do, we, what do you know about this movie, Mike, going into it? I mean, I, you know, I've seen all the other Mad Max movies. Some of them oh. not for a long time, like not since... You know, I saw Thunderdome when it came out or or when it went to VHS. <laughs> and I've seen Fury Road a few times, actually. I really like it. All I know about Thunderdome is as a cultural reference, like we're going in the Thunderdome, but also yeah. Tina Turner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's not, it's not, it's not, well, I'm not going to get into it now. It's very 80s, I'm assuming. So it's almost 90s. Hmm? Yeah. 
But yeah. I mean, what I know of this is that it was, you know, a big indie movie that launched Mel Gibson's career. And I assume George Miller's career as well. Had he done right. much up to that point? Or was this like one of his first? No, this is it. I think this is his first film. No, one of his first films. There's a couple of things before. But this is the first thing with any kind of budget, I think. Well, no. I think the budget was not exactly. No. High. Like, yeah, it's very low budget. And I think I read somewhere that there was like they didn't have permits and they were just no, like, kind of shooting no. on overpasses that they didn't have permission. And the, it just added to the sort of immediacy that we will hopefully be experiencing soon. Um, <laughs> no, sorry. That wasn't like a, let's no, get well, this started. I was just, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, you're talking about the world we currently live in. I, I, t- I got the reference. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, what was I going to say? I lost it. Yeah, but especially because I, I think. Oh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The uh, what I know about like the later ones is that like it's, this is the origin story. But essentially, he you know later in the later films he becomes kind of like a, the man without a, without a name, where he just goes town to town, and there's a story that happens around him, uh, which is similar to I'm just starting to watch them, the Zeruichi movies. I have the box set, and God, they're so good. Yeah, uh, but he's a similar kind of character. So it's 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 in that tradition, but this is the, the but this is the origin story of that. So I'm excited to see how he goes from because he starts off as a as a police officer, I believe, right? Some form of, of right. law enforcement, and uh, we get to see how he becomes Mad Max. All right, well let's let's hit it, and we can all liaise after that. Sounds good. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, so we just finished. I don't even know where to start. Does anyone know? <laughs> I definitely remember like imagery of the first few minutes, and that's it. Like, there's, <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I never got to toe cutter, that's for sure. No, me neither. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought I was watching some lost episodes of Bounty Law. Oh, that, that's my, t- you know what? My only, my, 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 my bracket for this is that. This is the 70s in Australia, and there was nothing. <laughs> that, that's anything I would say about this, that here's a guy working in a vacuum. You know, America back then for the guys in Australia was a million miles away. Yeah. Although that said, the guy that the Knight Rider character, I, I'd have to like confirm. I'm almost certain everything that was out of his mouth was an ACDC lyric. I was going to go there. The Bon Scott wow. reference. I was going to go there. That was brilliant. Brilliant. I think I'm, I think I want to say all of his lines are ACDC lyrics, but I could be wrong. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Possible. I, I think the movie, uh, it, it, it's amazing the imagery. And it's less the movie, it's the setup for the Road Warrior. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I want to jump in and see what Mike thinks. But it's like, one thing that I thought was like, I, I watched it with my son. And the one kept, thing we kept on saying was like, for, you know, the movie was made for 300000 which today is around a million. The stuff they did in that movie for a million dollars is incredible. I was yeah. thinking the same thing through the whole and, movie. Probably the only way they did it because it was also incredibly dangerous. I'm going to assume. I was actually wondering yeah. what's the real the real body count of this movie. <laughs> I'm guessing it's cl- pretty close to the on screen body count. 
<laughs> here's in the world thing. body count. Here's there was one fun fact I looked up and knew that scene where like the the woman with the shotgun like locks them all in that building and they break that door down. They couldn't afford a breakaway door and it had to break down a real door. <laughs> <laughs> But they that's could do amazing. all, so that's why it's like, so the door cost them something, but the cars were apparently all free. No, but it, 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 apparently they were that, real bikers. Like that was a real biker yeah. gang. And so, I mean, presumably those are their bikes and their clothes and stuff, right? Like I got the impression that a lot of people just were wearing whatever they showed up in and sat that day. Like they weren't. Apparently the, the extras were all paid in beer. Is, uh, <laughs> oh, well, that's wow. how Jonathan pays me. But the reference <laughs> points, I mean, we're talking about A. Sam Arkoff had the film from AI. So we're talking about Eric Von Zipper here. Sorry, what? What? what is we're talking about Eric Von Zipper references here. Oh. You know who Eric Von Zipper was? No. Oh. No. He was the, the bad guy in the beach movies. Okay. Right? Okay. Eric but like, Von you mean Zipper like- was... The, it, if you reference every American motorcycle gang movie from the '60s and '70s, it's all in this in this movie. Okay. It, it, every Joe Namath, Easy Rider ripoff. This is what's in this film. The Wild Bunch. That whole deal. It, it's just Hell's Angels. I mean, I saw them all, and yeah. they're all American International pictures. And that's what blows me away that they could. They said we've got to make them because. Miller idolized American movies. You know, we talk about the classic Western theme. Sure, mm-hmm. it's there, but this is really about this guy falling in love with American B-movies and doing an amazing job recreating it. And the and all that camera level on the pavement, no one was even doing that. Mm. Right? Yeah, it's incredible stuff. His backstory is interesting. Apparently, the way he raised money to make this movie was working as an yeah. ER doctor. Wow. He's, a, he's a doctor. Yeah, Miller's a doctor, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's the, I, the, I haven't heard that one before. I, I know the Robert Rodriguez story where he was like a pa- like he did experimental an experimental patient. That's a, that's a different route. That's a filmmaker route. That <laughs> yeah. makes sense to me. Someone going from being a doctor, a very stable, lucrative career, to being like yeah. going to the movies. That's my niche. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, especially this one, like like Mike was saying, like how it had a body count, right? That like, yeah, you go from being an ER doctor to essentially creating your own emergencies. <laughs> but I guess that almost means like he knows how to fix those guys. They didn't have to have a medical yeah. set because they had Miller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what? The fact that he's a doctor and I forgot that, and it was it was known, you know, is is incredible. Yeah, this guy had one of those bifurcated lives and. I mean, and, and one thing I'm going to say, I don't want to go crazy here, but freaking Gibson was amazing. He's 23 years old. Yeah, he was still in drama school when he made the movie. Oh, he was? Yeah. Wow. Apparently, um, his sister went out for an audition, and he drove her there, and they asked him if he wanted to read, and he didn't because he was just in a bar fight the night before and looked like hell. And he said, I'll come back in a couple of weeks. And they're like, great, we need a bunch of freaks for this movie, so you'll be perfect. <laughs> so by the time he came back, apparently he had healed. And looked looked like the the blue eyed gorgeous yeah. man that he is in the yeah. movie. 
Yeah, you can tell. Like, first of all, that's a very Australian story. And second of all, like, yeah, you you can tell his star power. Like, he has the magnetism comes through in a lot of points. I blue eyes. I felt the blue eyes. Oh my god! Yeah. Even even his first couple of lines where you don't even see his face on camera, it's like he has the best voice in the movie so far. (laughs) Exactly, his voice is so. Miller, well, he was American. Miller made the right choice making Road Warrior a silent movie because the dialogue here is brutal. Yeah, apparently, maybe you know more about this, Jonathan, but it's like the original U.S. release, they dubbed all the actors' voices. Yeah. Uh. This version has them back in place, but mm-hmm. the, the original U.S. release, because I think I remember that too. I'm like, I don't remember the accents from yeah. when I was, uh, which. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, you can't uh, understand a word they're saying. Yeah, when Christian was a kid. <laughs> wow. but, but that's why he made Road Warrior a silent movie, because Road Warrior virtually has no dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Mike, where are you at? Where, where? Uh, how so? Emotionally? I'm still yeah. feeling very, <laughs> I'm very... I'm really messed up. I know, the, one, the one thing that bothered me from the get-go was knowing, like, kind of where the stories go after this movie. I'm like, I don't remember him having a family in the other movies. <laughs> Point out that this movie we go from this movie in what four movies to an Oscar winning film, by the way. What do you right? mean? What do you mean? Like this movie in movie like in the, yeah. Fury Road is Oscar winning film, right? right? Like we go from this, which is like chewing gum, people being paid holding things together, people being paid in beer, and like Mel Gibson 12 years old, to like an Oscar winning film. Is Fury Road win best picture? No, it was nominated though. No, no, I didn't say that, but it won Oscars. It, it was nominated for a ton. Tom Hardy was nominated. Yeah, it was one of the movies that year that was on like a like a, it got nominated for yeah, it, a fun. It won like tons of like like technical stuff, well, but and yeah. I, no, and not I, minor stuff. Was that the year the King's Speech won? Okay. Was that that year? Mm, no, I think it was, it was a, no. It was the year that The Revenant won everything. I think. Uh, okay. Right. I remember but, watching those. Oscars. Yeah, it was that weird year where there was like there was no like clear front runner for anything. There was always there was a bunch of like pretty decent movies that were all over the place. Was it the first year they doubled the number of? Nominees yeah, they had ten. For, right. uh, yeah, they had I don't 10 think nominees it was the for first best picture. Year, but no. no, but it was in that it was in that that run of years so it, where they were it, doing that. I'm just looking up on the IMDb. So it won six Oscars. Like, yeah, it didn't win best picture, but it won it all won, the technical ones. Yeah, I won yeah. every. It, it, oh wait. It did win. Wait, what? It says it won Best Picture. That can't be right. It might be. It might be right. I loved okay. it. It's, it's it's easily so, the most memorable movie from that year. It was nominated for cinematography, directing, and visual effects, and then it won. Oh my god! It won. How do we not? It won Best Picture, production design, yeah. sound really? mixing, makeup and hairstyle, and costume and editing. So wow. yeah, so we go from this, like I'm my point, back to my point, to like a best picture winner. And it must be the impressive. Only, and it must be the only fourth film in a series to ever win best picture. Yeah, yeah I, I don't yeah. Return of the King. Yes, you're right, because I mean, Return of the is. King was the third. Return of the King then, was the third, yeah. So what were you saying, Mike? I was gonna say I almost feel like it's mo- it's movie zero. Mm. And then the next yeah. one is okay, number that's one actually in some ways. I think you're right. That's a better way to put oh, it. it won. It, it's unbelievable. It, it won direction. And, and, but he didn't, it, it says he didn't, di- he didn't direct the film though. Yeah. Miller, Miller 100% directed that movie. Didn't direct. Yeah. No. 
Sorry, what are you looking at, Jonathan? Not the Academy Awards. It, it says the best. What What is it? Best achievement in directing. What Oscar are you looking nominated. at? What are you looking at? I'm pretty sure it's this movie. I, I mean, <laughs> what, 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 are you looking at the IMDb? Are you looking IMDb, at the IMDb? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at IMDb as well. Yeah, George and Miller directed Fury Road for sure. Mad Max, Fury Road, Best Achievement in Directing, George Miller. Although I said Tom Hardy was nominated and he's not listed here. I must have been. Um, oh, he was nominated that year, but it was for The Revenant. That's why. Right. Oh. Right. Right. So, yeah. That makes sense. Well, I was expecting a a movie that would be that would i would see i'd be able to see connections to the other movies and to us you know to fury road but i didn't i thought but i figured it wouldn't be nearly as weird <laughs> but, you know. fury road boy Nothing was i wrong weird as fury it's just road. weird in a different way there is a moment and here's the thing and this I, i'm, I'm going to describe a, a, an image in the movie and this is not like the queer weird crazy bad guys bald guy no shirt, but chains, a scarf, leather pants, but smoking a cigar, watering plants with birds in a cage chirping behind him. That's one of the cops in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> in their office. And he's just, that's just like normal for him. I was like, that's an, that's an image. Yeah. There was some stuff that reminded, like for me, brought for your road. Like there's a scene near the end where one of the bikers, like, jumps on a pole to get on top of when yep. they go to steal the um, that kind of thing gas off of that truck and he takes a pole like that was very fury road I that the, the hand that's more road warrior the hand being left the behind chains, yeah like I, but it's all but you around can, the neck and the women with the chains and the yeah uh, you, you can see the beginnings of what it turns into there. It's still like, the imagery in this movie is unlike anything, which is incredible. Like yep. he's such a, a visionary filmmaker in terms of creating a world unlike anything we've seen. Hey, you can see so many American movies. You can see Vanishing Point in this. You can see so many film references because this is all they had. They didn't live in the states. Imagine trying to build American muscle cars in Australia how hard it was to find vehicles that, that look like American muscle cars. I bet. People down there are driving around little Cortinas and Opals. <laughs> Nobody had any money. But but the one thing that he had going for him is that Australians are all crazy fuckers and they'll do anything, right? Yeah. Apparently, so they like you, like you, Carrie was saying before, they were, they were just shutting down roads on their own. They didn't have any permission to do that. <laughs> and apparently, though, uh, the they were trying to and they were they were not using walkies to communicate safely because they didn't want the police to find out. <laughs> and, and like, screw but then apparently the, ironic. The, the police did find out what was going on and they were into it and they helped them after a while. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my That's god. That's amazing. Only in Australia because they're all yeah, no. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a country founded by criminals. What, what, what do we expect? But exactly right. It's exactly right. right. The when mountains were not so like the trailer. Here. When that car went through the trailer, that was a, 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 a you couldn't find that in a Mannix episode. I mean, that was just brilliant. 
no, like, that's the kind of stuff that I, th- I think of when I think of like the first police story movie and that right, right. sequence where they're going down the hill and it's driving through it. I'm like, but Jackie Chan had a budget and a giant stunt team. Those people <laughs> just had like an empty trailer and like, hopefully it won't kill anybody. Yeah. And when the front of a car is smashed in, but they're driving it anyway, I'm like, yeah. they didn't, they probably didn't know if it was going to go or not. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. yeah. I was wondering how they run. did do things because like, we were saying like they were kind of just doing whatever they were doing. Um, like when the, right before the, his partner was burned, when his car rolled over, I was like, what did they do? <laughs> I'm scared. His, his partner was not a good driver of any vehicle he was in. Every vehicle he was in, he totaled within like two minutes of stepping into the driver's seat. But that upside down with the gas leak thing Ooh. was straight out of the great Waldo Pepper. Oh. Robert Redford's buddy gets trapped under the plane in the wheat field mm. and, the, and the, it's shot the exact same way through the haze of the oil. It, it's fascinating. This guy's references. Yeah. Cause he, 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 he was such a student of films. If you talk to him, he would tell you every biker film because the choreography with the bikers is, is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The biking and, stuff is very cool. And, he, and, he, and they, they all back into the spot and, and they're wearing the fur. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. What I, love this. I was surprised by was I was, I mean, I knew it was like a revenge movie. Right. So I was waiting for Mel Gibson to like start shooting people, um, which happens pretty late. I was surprised how long it took to get there, but also there was more like kind of horror movie elements than I was anticipating, which I'm not, it's not a complaint. I just thought that was interesting. Like when he goes to the, hospital to see his partner all burned up and some of the stuff with his wife was very horror movie-ish like I kind of like that was that that was in there as well it wasn't just a straight up like action revenge movie yeah because these I mean this gang was just they're just agents of chaos like they have no rhyme or reason for what they do they just want to have they're just causing destruction which is for me, one of the most terrifying motives you could have where you have no motive because it yeah. means that nothing yeah, exactly. I, no, nothing I can do will stop you besides like, just like yeah, a, right. literally a transport truck. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, his, that's his symbol because the trucks and Road Warrior are just enhanced what this was. Yeah. My, uh, my son was having that, that same thing. He was like about an hour and he's like, when's he getting mad? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my when, son said out loud a few times, I am so confused. That really? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was I, I think confused. you have to look at it as 360 degrees. Like even the mentally challenged guy at the at the mother's place or whatever that was, that's straight out of Straw Dogs. Yeah, it was, that was such a weird. And then like his, that little chap thing he had in the back of his pants, yeah. that leather, that little leather <laughs> yeah. thing that was holding in his. And then he chased. That was that whole thing was bizarre. But <laughs> but once the once the revenge stuff kicked in, then suddenly all was clear. <laughs> and the funny thing is now, like that's the kind of stuff that happens on page ten of a of a, of a movie. Yeah, head, exactly. Right? I was thinking the same thing. But I was also might confused at the start, and then I sort of realized, like, you know what? I don't think it really matters. Like, I think we just need to like float along as things happen and watch people kick each other and punch each other and you know like i was the same as you and then i sort of just was like eh, whatever and like yeah. he's gonna start yeah and yeah i had the same thought as you jeremy that like 
the pacing is very 70s, right? It works. Yeah, but it, it totally works. There. You're engaged the whole time. But it's, it, for mm-hmm. a while, I mean, it's not really until the last act of the movie where it's like, it's really about Max in any way. Right. Like, it starts to follow him on once he goes on vacation. He buys yeah. a dog and yeah. it's very pleasant. But it's he like it's his leather pants for khakis. Yeah. And then he gets them back. What a great police uniform that is, right? <laughs> yeah. I just think I, I just anyway, sorry, think you, you're lucky you're lucky it's Gibson because I I'm I'm kind of fascinated with everybody's first film. And this is this is an amazing for a twenty three year old kid, it, it's quite something. That's, yeah, I mean he's one of like the you know yeah, elephant in the room. All the right. the challenges he's had and the stuff that he's done that's not appropriate. But it's like it's interesting. Like he just, in terms of being an action, like he's got such a great premise in terms of like his action star quality. Even I just watched uh, that Fat Man movie recently where he plays Santa Claus. But like, really? oh, it's pretty terrible. It's not. It's super oh, fun. It's not really? a great movie. You will not want the hour and a half it takes to watch it back. It is fun. Really. All right, oh, okay. really, really fun. Okay. I think it's on Hoopla for free. Like you can. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. If okay. you have a Toronto Public Library card, you can stream it. You can get it for free. He's called the Fat Man. It's just called Fat Man. He plays Santa Claus. Okay. But it's like, but it's like some like rich kid gets pissed off at Santa Claus and hires a hitman to kill him, and <laughs> and he plays and, and, but it's like they never outright call him Santa Claus. And there's this thing going on where he's like basically like. He's under a government contract to do the present thing. It's really, it's a really interesting tweak on the idea of Santa Claus. And you get to see Mel Gibson, like as an old, older man, still being a badass in a really kind of fun role. Again, not, it's not going to lead to a best picture in four films for the Fat Man (laughs) franchise. I don't think, but a super, if you like, like alternate Christmas movies, uh, it's, it's pretty fun. All right, I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna check okay. it out. It's a good time okay. of year to check it out. But also no, I, back I, to the um your original point, Jeremy. Sorry, John. Um, you gotta watch some of the trailers too. What the, the, the bonus features are pretty good. I cut a couple of the trailers. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah, not so they're not and they're not restored. They're real grainy. Explain movie grindhouse trailers. They're great. We yeah, were so, watching the new Blu-ray that's out from Kino Lorber. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh, uh, yeah, there's, so there's a Blu-ray and there's a, a 4K UHD edition, Jonathan. Yeah, there is, yeah. Um, and uh, that, that just came out of Mad Max. The UHD is limited and, well, it's available on our website, unobstructionview.com. But I can't wait to dive into the – I'm going to bring it with me for over Christmas and dive into the, all the bonus features because it's loaded. It looks it's loaded. And the transfer looks amazing. Kino Lorber did a really good job. Yeah. I mean, There's just a couple of shots that are grainier than others. But uh, but that's pretty but, – but for this time period and for a budget movie of that, oh, it'll, yeah. it's, it's pretty – it's pretty – the shots are clean. Is there not a jump cut? There's a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it on a pretty big screen. It was like, and the public, they're small, so those ones jump stand right. out. Uh, but I also watched. This is a weird sidebar. Uh, I also watched Scrooged earlier in the day, and there was some two weird jump cuts in that movie that I'd never noticed before. Jeez, uh, anyway. I, it's uh, another subject, Billy. Um, I also am pretty sure I saw a motors uh, an actor get a motorcycle into the head. <laughs> one of those 
Hundred percent. I thought so too. I thought that thing on the bridge where he was sliding. Conk. Yeah. And then a motorcycle hits him in the Slides head. Slides into frame and hits him. It's yeah. like, they use that. They use that shot. I bet <laughs> yeah, anything yeah. that actor really got smoked by a, motor, by a sliding motorcycle. Yeah, I, I made a note of that. I was like, that's that's not a stunt. <laughs> no way. No. First of all, how would you plan that? But hopefully that guy was okay. Yeah. Look, man, here's a Foster's. Here's a cold Foster's. You take care of Seriously. yourself. But I also, I, I would like to think as long as that guy survived, uh, he was yeah. probably the kind of person who was like, you better use that shot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, there's, uh, yeah. there's also in that opening when they're terrorizing that like main strip of town. Yeah. They were dragging that guy in the red. On the back of a car. No, on the back of a motorcycle. Oh, what? Like one person was riding it, the other person was sitting on the back of the motorcycle and dragging him. And I'm yes. like, I don't know. Like, who knows how safe <laughs> that was? If he had like a, like proper yeah. padding on the back or anything. All I could think of was that poor guy for like a case of beer just fucked up his back for a life. That's, but I, again, Australian guys are crazy. Yeah. They play Australian rules football. You know, you know, it, it's these guys are crazy. You don't want to drink with these guys, especially 40 some odd years ago. No, oh, no. There, it's the Wild West. Yeah. One other thing. There was a scene early in the movie where he's like, where Max is getting ready for work and it's just like pleasant morning in the kitchen. Was the baby playing with his gun? <laughs> oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> I feel like it was. My son was like, I think he's got a snub nose. I was like, no. Oh, <laughs> I think we could agree that child was generally undersupervised. Yeah. Every now and then it was he like, was generally, that's a great line. Generally, Even- she goes to the beach, kids sitting in a, on a yeah, blanket. Even for the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of times where it's like, is the kid having a nap and they're just not showing? I guess they didn't have the kid yes. that day. <laughs> At the beginning of the vacation when they're frolicking around, I'm like, what happened to the kid? Yeah, here's the thing. I was a latchkey kid, though. So I uh, uh, this, this is that era where uh, generally unsupervised was the status quo. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, but... I just it, it brought back so many memories watching this film. The, uh, uh, the one thing that I was really pleasantly surprised by was the music. There you go. I was the music is, you got to tell me what you think because I got I got ideas. Yeah, me too. I uh, I was just going to bring up the music, Mike. Go ahead. Well, okay. First of all, I'll admit I don't. If it's referencing anything specific, it's gone completely over my head. But I thought the music was—I loved it. But I was really surprised how like over the top and uh, such a bold choice it was, and not necessarily like I I thought it was going to be—I thought it was going to be seventies music, or 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 basically or none. You know, DC. The most shocking piece of score is the end credits. It turns into like a love. Right. But, yeah. but that's, that's, that's the reference. I hear shades of West Side Story in this thing. Yes. I mean, it, it, yeah. is, it is. There's a love story. There's like, it, I go, where do they get this music from? Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I completely. I had the exact same thought basically as you, Mike. Like it was completely overwrought. But like, yeah, it wasn't what I expected at all. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I, I go, what the hell? It's yeah, weird because the brass section was just going for it. I was really it's I, I'm I'm gonna right say out that of the gate. Of all the stuff that he was really good as a filmmaker and focusing on, music was not his strong point. But in a way that made it like really unique and interesting. I think I've also been watching a lot of the Mandalorian, so I was like I think I was just a 
subconsciously expecting like a Mandalorian-esque kind of music. And then when it's like, it's just like, oh my God, what is this? Yeah, but Mandalorian's score for Star Wars is really unique. Like it's kind of music you've never heard in Star Wars before. Although it still has echoes of Star Wars, which is really cool. Yes. Yeah, but it's yeah. got a, it's got a Western vibe and it's got yeah. uh, all kinds. I of feel like it's got like oh, I, I, and this is like I know nothing about what I'm talking about, but like it's I feel Mandalorian music. This is a way digression, but feels a little bit like it's influenced by Battlestar Galactica. It's like Battlestar Galactica's music and Star Wars's music had a baby, and it's the Mandalorian's music. Carrie's yes. going somewhere else right now. She's yeah. she, no, she's going just geeking out going here back to Comic Con somewhere. That's okay. I'm into it. But that, and that, that's the that's the Dave Filoni, I think, uh, influence, right? Uh, over Man, over Mandalorian for sure. That's yeah. more him than Favreau, because Favreau's like steeped more into the traditional and yeah, all the Kurosawa stuff that Mandalorian does, and and uh, all the 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 Eastern influences. And at the start of too. Mad Max, to bring it back, some not so much of a digression. At the start, when they were in the town, when it really feels like a western. At the very start, when the biker gang shows up, sure. That I was like, oh, like it feels like a Western, but now because, like I said, I'm in Mandalorian mode, like it's like, oh, it's like the Mandalorian, like yeah. the Western parts <laughs> of the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, like, you know, like the uh, these Mad Max movies are the stories that, like, you know, the guy who's wandering the wasteland, but everywhere he goes, he finds some cause to briefly yeah. get attached to and do some good exactly. which is kind of like, like mandalorian like week to week it's like you know <laughs> yeah, we've got this one little thing we need help with stranger <laughs> wandering <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like highway to heaven incredible hulk like it's like part of the highway to heaven. <laughs> yeah no, but it and is it's like, like maybe mando's gonna bust out some mad max stuff next week or this tomorrow on my it's another one of those characters though with the except <laughs> i mean he's got a bit more of a, a thread with the with uh grogu uh, <laughs> call him the, Baby Yoda. The, no, his name is Grogu. I have this fight with my son all the time. He has a name now. You have to call him by that name. He doesn't call him a child forever. <laughs> okay. um, the, the what's really fascinating though about Mad Max is that it's like it is in this like bizarro w- world that takes place in a few years from now, apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which is probably not un- untrue. Uh, but. Uh, it's like they don't tell you what happened. They don't say it's great. Like it doesn't really paint any kind of picture of what caused the downfall of society. But we have like the, it opens with the first thing we see is a road sign that says high fatality road. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah. what, a, what a great opening image that is just like, what does that mean? What is that? <laughs> like instead of starting with because it wouldn't have been uncommon for movies of this era and, and setting up something like this to have like an opening crawl. To be like, this is the world you're in. This is what's happened. Yeah. Just like, because I'm sure there are certain audiences that walked away going, well, I don't know what was going on. And I wish I would have known a little bit more. Um, well, the, I mean, I, I don't really remember, but doesn't uh, Road Warrior start with a few title cards? <laughs> We're not talking about Road Warrior. Like, We're not Road Warrior. <laughs> no, no, but like they're, they, they're the very next movie they get. He does. There is, there is. There's no fuel. The gangs, there is some opening cards about the rivalry. Some there exposition cards, on. yeah. Yeah. That's because, because that that's movie a whole had a different big... dystopia. I mean, this is, has some level of civilization. This is a complete dystopian Yeah, I was baseline. actually expecting this to, ha- to be more apocalyptic, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, like, absolutely. On the 12 he, like, he lives in this like, nice, you call it, greenhouse with his wife and baby. I was like, wait, what? 
like, like it's running like, water. Like <laughs> it's the I, th- I think the reason why the second movie probably starts with an opening card and the first one doesn't because the second one had to earn more of their budget back. Yeah. <laughs> so the, someone at the studio was like, "You better explain the goddamn world to the people who didn't see the first one." Right. I I I, I can never criticize this film because I'm, I'm gonna go back. This is the '70s in Australia, and there was nothing. What was interesting to me that the first Mel Gibson stuff I saw as a kid was Lethal Weapon. Uh, yeah. And it's almost like Mad Max is the backstory of that character. Sure. Same thing. Like he, lo- he, he lost his family as well, right? The character right. in Lethal Weapon. So it's like, it's an interesting uh, mm-hmm. corollary to this movie. Yeah. And you see some flashes of the crazy Lethal Weapons character too. Right. Or Lethal well, Weapon you can see character. why they cast him in that, right? It's oh, yeah. Yeah. He can get that wild-eyed look on, and yes. that's the end of it. And it's not something he uses a lot. So when it shows up, it's kind of like, okay, this is where we're going to go. You yeah. know, he doesn't go crazy that often. But when he takes it to the next level, it's a thing. And he's handsome, so he gets away with it, right? right. Like He's got right. this charming look to him. It's the same as like when we were watching Scrooge. My wife is like, Bill Murray's character is like straight out fucking terrible for the first half hour of this movie. I'm like, yeah, but it's Bill Murray, so you don't care because he's charming <laughs> as hell and he can get away with anything. Have you seen? Have you seen that um, the one on on Apple TV with Rashida Jones? The new, no, the new Sofia Coppola. No, I haven't seen it yet. It's not very good, but there is one classic Bill Murray Dutch uncle scene in it, <laughs> which is worth watching. I don't know what a Bill Murray Dutch uncle scene is, but don't ruin it for me because yeah, I, I, I plan on watching. No, you're going to identify. You're going to call me. The movie's not very good, but this one scene where he does classic Billy, it's great. Great. What did so? What did Jack think about the movie overall, Mike? Uh, he thought it was, uh, he thought it was very interesting. He was very confused and, but he said he can see why it launched more of the same. Yeah. Uh, You know, and, uh, and he really liked Fury Road and I don't think he's seen any of the other ones. Mm -hmm. So he can see he's, I, I think he, he was, um, he was respecting it as uh source material. Mm. Um, but I think like, you know, you're saying with the, um, how old's your son? Sorry. How's your son? He's, uh, he's about, he's nearly 17. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, he, um, uh, I think that he was maybe, uh, getting hung up on trying to follow all the dialogue, Oh, but uh, there's a good amount of that dialogue that is, um, it's crazy person blather or it's bad people it's bad people bad people blather like it's not don't get hung up on oh the score was a little loud i couldn't quite hear the the, (laughs) that last sentence like there is some of it that is you know it's more about getting the general impression of like these people are these people are going after that guy and and uh so i think if he um uh, let go of some of that stuff. He probably wouldn't have been as confused. My son uh, had similar weird stuff. Where he at the end, he was like, "I thought they had like thirty guys in that gang at the beginning." And the word they were, I was like, "No, that's this is not kind of movie." <laughs> <laughs> well, I was surprised that I mean, he killed that main bat guy, but he didn't kill like. I don't know. I felt like, yeah, like he didn't kill them, systematically hunt them down one by one, which I was like, I, I will say paint, Toe Cutter's death at the end is fairly anticlimactic. Yeah. You know, I it's did just, kind of like the way he left him with oh, that. Oh, it's great. Know. Yeah. Oh, the other guy. But yeah. yeah. But I also love that it's like he gets shot in the knee, oh, yeah. which is like got to be the worst place to get shot. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I can and, think of five worse places. But, but <laughs> don't mean to be argumentative. <laughs> um, but in terms of painfulness, though, it's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, we bet for sure. Anyway, but um, but yeah, that great moment where he leaves the other guy. He doesn't kill him, but he's like, yeah. you can, you're like your life. That's in a few. Got, that's in a few different movies. That stuff. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole premise of. Yeah, Saul. I know, but still. <laughs> It's like, a nonsense. It's great. Uh, yeah. uh, like I said, he shot this for, for three hundred grand. Just the ideas for that alone. It's yeah. just like, and especially like exactly. in the late seventies, where there's less movies being made, so it's not as hard to get something seen if it's really unique and interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're getting into like really niche kind of like um, counterculture movies, right? And right. this is definitely part of that. This would have been one of those like midnight screenings, I'm sure. Where people are just like, have you seen this movie from Australia? It's fucking nuts. Yeah, you know? yeah it probably imagine, ran for like three years. Yeah, and it just got passed around and got word of mouth, right? Because it was just like, it was seems like we're coming into this era. It's like two years ago, you have Star Wars, and there was nothing like that before. Right. And this yeah. is like the opposite end of that spectrum, but it's still like in the same way. Like, we're starting to experiment with really pushing the boundaries of like traditional narrative storytelling. Uh, and this one is like if you like this one has the beats of a traditional story, but all of the window dressings of this really unique, fascinating world that like that we haven't seen before. And it's not quite it doesn't it's not like into the steampunk that like Fury Road is like fully embracing. But it's like again, it's like it's the low budget version of that world that we're it's like it's the un you know, the non-finished version of that world that George Miller will eventually have the budget it, to create. It's just like if you're, if you're one step removed from the American culture, you're going to translate things in your own voice. And it's not going to be the same as the American culture because you just can't grasp it on a, on a genetic level. Mm. So he takes these images and he kind of puts his own little spin on it and makes it his own, which which is unbelievable I, I just told you there's 47,000 references, but somehow there's the hole here. You know, it's not, you know, it, it, it kind of holds together. And and then mm-hmm. let's not forget, he later on goes to make Babe. Right, makes two babes. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but I, I, again, guys like that are pretty close to being savants. I mean, you know, guys like that spectrum somewhere, you know, that, that level of genius to live your life that way and have, you know, it's crazy. He'd be a, an amazing person to have dinner with, I'm sure. Oh, kill for that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I still can't get over the fact that he's a doctor. Like, yeah, I for, I'd forgotten that little detail. I, 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 I don't think he's still practicing. I think he... Uh, no, but like, how smart can you be to like, be an ER doctor and also like, basically, yeah, launch this whole... Crazy well, doctors, 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 as a rule, are fairly meticulous people. Yeah. And so there's a lo- there's a very meticulous sense of what this is. Yeah. Just, just, there's a real precision. Like just looking at yeah. how he shot those car sequences, and yeah, just it's just very bold. It's like yeah, you you got a sense that there is no adult as part of this production because there's no one saying how did you do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and the audio, the audio on the cars is perfect muscle car audio. Like he spent a lot of time mm-hmm. miking this thing. 
because that the, 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 the cars have a character just as they did in the other Road Warrior movies. Yeah, and there's this, this one, I was able to, I watched it in my screening at room with a 5.1, and just like, there was this great op- shot in the front of this one car. It was like, it was like at the beginning of that whole sequence where the one car is like half destroyed, but they're still driving it. Right. And it's just this clang of the, the hood. Yeah. The, of the, not the muffler, but the, the grade, the grade. Uh, and it, it's just like, that's, the, the sound work in this movie is incredible. You know, I, 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 I think it's amazing and, I don't know. I mean, you're right, but there is an interview. There's a new interview with Miller as a bonus feature, and I'm going to have to go back and, and hit it. I think there's a new one with yeah. with, uh, with uh, Gibson too. Is there a new one with Gibson? I think so. There, there seem to be a couple. It's, Hold it's, on, I'm going to go look. Oh, Carrie's going to pull up the thing. Yeah, there's a new commentary, but but there, it says interview with Mel Gibson and Joanne Samuel. Oh, so who knows how old that is? It might not but be no, I'm going to go back and hit the bonus features. What is Striker? There's a trailer for Striker. What is that? Was that the original name of this? Was this name something different? I don't think so. Striker. Although, although maybe this wouldn't surprise me if this movie had a different title and then they yeah. renamed it once they went, we're going to franchise this. <laughs> right. You know, this commentary sounds interesting, though, with the art director, the cinematographer, yeah. the special effects artist. Like, they must have some stories. Oh, I, oh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I didn't expect to, you know, I, I first encountered Mel Gibson on Gallipoli. I think Stryker is just another Kino release. Oh, it is? Okay, all right. I think. Not just. I'm sure it's excellent. Yeah. But, yeah. This is this has been great. What are your what are your final thoughts, everyone? On Mad Max. Are you is Jack gonna watch the others? You know, I'm very tempted to fire up uh, Road Warrior. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me too. I think, yeah, I, I, think I, got, I got. I'm, I'm up for another. I gotta find. Is, got, is there a 4K Road Run a Road Warrior? Who has it? Uh, well, probably also MGM. I would assume. I'll have to find out who, if there's a decent cut. Yeah. I, 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 I there's so few action movies, and there's none really that you can watch that aren't. <clears throat> You know, there's absolutely no green screen. You know, I, I, there's no nothing. This is so visceral. Visceral yeah. is a good word for this. Visceral movie. is is like I can feel the spark plugs. I can see the oil dripping. Oh yeah, everything yeah. everything you see it's on visceral. screen is being done. Yes, and and you just miss that in film. You know, one thing like so, it's time for the female corner. Do do do. Like it was <laughs> no. interesting. Yeah, you should do a graphic for every time Carrie talks to the female corner super comes up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I am curious because it is a very testosterone-y, male-y kind of movie. Like, what are, what are your thoughts in terms of that? Well, I like that. It, like, I mean, you know, for 1979, like, Jesse, she, you know, she, like, she need that guy in the, you know, so, like, she wasn't just... She wasn't, I was expecting it to be, you know, there's some few scenes at the start where she's sort of this wonderful person and then she gets killed by the bad guys and then he goes off in his rage and that's that, right? There's a lot more of her in the film. I mean, she wasn't like this layered character, but at least she, 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 um, you see her quite a bit in the film and she stands up for herself. She's not just a damsel. Like she can kind of yeah, take care exactly. of herself. Yeah, right. exactly. But also it was interesting that there was much more male nudity in this film than female nudity. Like 
even at the start where that woman was, you know, obviously raped, and like you don't see anything. Like, uh, here, uh, she, I don't think she was raped. Or boobs. The one when they destroyed the car. Yeah, the start. They were chained up. Uh, here's the thing, Jonathan. I mean, the other thing I noticed that I wrote down, and my son noticed too, because we were watching it on a big screen. The guy that she was with that was running away in the field from them. Yeah, his bum was very red. Yes, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I it think looked they like both... they alluded to the fact that that guy had been raped. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, so you see more of him than you see of her. Is my point? Yeah, yeah. she had her. They, she, she, they, someone composed her enough to put her underwear back on, but exactly. not yeah. him. And she, no, no, no. she, they covered up her her top too. Like she had a blanket right. over her. You never see, you never even see bare breasts in this film that I recall. I don't know, Jonathan, you would notice. I'm, I'm a noticer, but no, I, 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 I did not, I did not <laughs> see it. Although it, it, Road Warrior does make up for it, um, <laughs> uh, in, 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 in the good old fashioned way. Um, yeah, I, I like I said, you know, you'll never accuse Australian men of being woke back in the seventies. So the fact that no. she has a fairly strong character and she's not a complete, you know, whatever it is, is carries right. But like I said, I was, I'm a guy who, who, you know, has very little time for anything made in the 21st century, but this, this is a great movie. Yeah. You know, I, this is a great, and, I mean, it's a great achievement in filmmaking. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm thrilled that I saw it. I, I, I honestly, I don't know what I was ex- what I was expecting, but it wasn't that, and I'm delighted. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, I'm. I, uh, I'm now. Uh, I, I can't remember how old I was when that movie got turned off. I was probably just a little bit younger than my son is now, but that, and that was my revenge to that mother by letting my son sit through it uh, <laughs> and, and, and not confirming. The, the rating before I did so. I was like, let's just throw caution to the wind and assume this will be something that's appropriate for him. And I was mostly right, I think. <laughs> what, what do you guys, before we wrap, what what do you watch lately that you like? Oh, what have I been watching? I, I just started the Zatochi uh, collection. Yeah, okay. That I've, I'm, I'm four in, and it like the first... I, all of them have been great. The first three are almost a perfect trilogy. Okay. I'm a, I'm a it's that. interesting. We They're, sell a ton of those. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a Criterion box set. And I think the Criterion channel actually has almost all of them on their channel as well. Yeah. But, oh, really? Uh, the, they're out. phenomenal. It's just, it's about a blind swordsman. And oh, yeah? like, it's just, it's full of character. They're beautifully shot. Um, it's just a really great little series that I just started. I mean, I'll be doing an episode on that as well, just like a story okay, episode. Good. But um, a phenomenal series. That's that's the new thing that I just started watching that I'm really into. Mike? Mike, what about um, you? I am uh, faithfully keeping up with The Mandalorian. Uh, I just finished The Queen's Gambit. Damn. And my son and I just finished watching all the Star Wars movies. In, uh, oh, wow. So... In uh, release order. Wow. wow. So that was it. Like that, all that the like, solo, Rogue One, the whole. Everyone, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So wow. that was interesting. And What about you, uh, Carrie? Well, let, well, I think Mike's still oh, yeah. finishing. Oh no! That, I would just I would just say that. So I'm we're we uh, the thing was I don't think uh, Jack and I have done a like a sort of a film festival together. Other than well, I mean, maybe we did the Bourne movies a few years ago, but we we really we just finished up the Star Wars ones and we we enjoyed it for on a number of levels. But one of the one of the other levels was doing a you know a concentrated you know 
uh, mini personal film festival. So now we're kind of casting about for what's going to be the next thing that we watch all of. So, we did, uh, my cool. son and I spent a weekend and we did all the Planet of the Apes movies. Ah, oh, ah. Wow. And even, even, and then, and then he's like, didn't Tim Burton do one? And I was like, I don't know, buddy. Are you sure? And he's like, yeah, that's why. So we ended with that one. And he was like, oh, I wish I hadn't. It was like, <laughs> when you have that, like when you have that extra piece of pizza and it's like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Uh, I, I actually, Mike, last, last year when I had Disney Plus to watch season one of The Mandalorian, I rewatched the prequels, the Star Wars prequels. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was maybe not the best use of yeah, my time. Yeah, why? I don't know. I, I hadn't seen them since like That's they fair. were released, right? So I don't know. And then I, this year, because of the whole stuff in Mandalorian, I watched the Clone Wars movie, which I'd never seen. And it is not good. The series well, I, is, I'm starting to watch the series with my son and I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I've been my watching son, them Unlike me, well. my, my son has seen all of the Clone Wars, uh, the cartoon series, and uh, Star Wars Rebels. And he says uh, that, so I mean, I feel like that's like six seasons of content right there. And yeah. he says that that stuff con- uh, gives more context to the prequels yes. that makes some of it a bit better. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's what I've heard too. And uh, people have been telling me for years that it's good and I want to watch it. And then I didn't realize that there's a, um, a, uh, a, a villain in rebels that's in a bunch of books that I read that I really like that character. So I'm like, I guess I should watch rebels. It's only four seasons, but basically what I'm decided to do is watch the, the some of the clone, the Disney plus has like a list of the essential clone wars episodes. So I'm working on those. Oh, interesting. My son is a my son's a difficult person because I sent him to film school, <laughs> and and he didn't. I asked him to come over today. It's not for Mad Max, so uh, he's diff, uh, he's a film yeah, snob. His he, gave me, he gave me that PTA coffee table book. Have you seen this? No, it's difficult to look at. Really, it's written by a doctor, and it's it's a very odd coffee table book about PTA. I'll, I'll lend it to you. It's it's bizarre, hmm. but we went last week. We had a real treat, and and I he identified this, and we we played the bootleg cut of Almost Famous. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about this. Oh my god, this is a treat. It is it is Kate Hudson's film with this cut, but I I knew Lester. This is my whole past coming back to haunt me. But it is marvelous. This cut. You, you, you. Are you an almost famous person? Yeah, I enjoy the movie. Yeah, get the boot. I bought the bootleg cut on Amazon for nine dollars. The Blu-ray. And it's about. Let me see how long it is. I think it's about. How long is it? It is. It is. Yeah. It is. It is one hundred and sixty-two minutes. Oh wow! And it is terrific. I'd be curious to watch that. I'm just wow. thinking, so this Paul Thomas Anderson, that book you mentioned, it's called Masterworks. Let me see. I have it right here. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah, I just looked it up on, on Indigo. I didn't, I haven't heard of this book. That's interesting. It just came out in October, it looks like, so it's not that old. And this is the book right here. Yeah, it's like orangey. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's it. it. Yeah. Yeah, it just came out in October. Oh, yeah. Adam Newman wrote that book. I have right. heard of that I, book. Uh, I think I've told the story yeah, yeah, before yeah. on the podcast. I read an excerpt from that book. Oh, my God. Here I am. I've never heard of this book. I read But this is a very dense coffee table book. Oh, I'm, 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 I'll probably uh, 
That looks great. I uh, I had a, a fun evening with Paul Thomas Anderson. What? Years ago. There was a screening at, uh, I was at film school at Niagara College, and there was a screening at the Rochester, at that, uh, the, the Kodak Theater in Rochester. The Kodak, right. That, uh, and, Paul, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's mother lived in Rochester. Uh, and so Paul Thomas Anderson came and did a screening of Punch Drunk Love. And oh, a bunch wow. of us after, like, he was, you know, signing autographs and chatting. And, you know, we sat around chatting with him after the screening for a while. And then eventually wow. he said, hey, I think they want to kick us out of here, but I'm just going down the street and get, grabbing some drinks if you want to join me. What? And so a, a wow. handful of us went and spent, like, the rest of the night drinking and hanging out with Paul Thomas Anderson. And just like, oh. he's, I will say, wow. it's like, whatever you think of him, he is the most grounded, down-to-earth, really nice guy. Really? Because I would, I nice always pictured him as the complete opposite. Like Super, like, sweet. Like, and a, I've heard this before, that he, he's completely, yeah, has a sense of his own self and doesn't throw anything around. Yeah, he has his, he makes fun of himself. Yeah. He, uh, he's not, he's not this pretentious person you would think he is based on some yeah. of the movies and stuff. No, he's, I, I, you know, who knows, like. Just for him to do that when he's like, you know, three films in of, of a career that he'd already had or four films in, I guess. Right. Uh, he, uh, I was ridiculously impressed and I'll always be a fan of his no matter what, just for that experience and knowing he did not have to do that. No, he did not have to take a couple of punk ass kids out for drink. Did he buy? No. Okay. <laughs> no, we all bought. No, but he was just cool. But he spent like it wasn't like one drink and I'm out of there. Like he spent that night with us. It was that's great. that's a great story. That is a terrific story for a guy that like you. That had to be a treat. It was huge. It was huge for me. Yeah, I was like in my second year of film school. It was like, oh no, that, well you you and, and one of our buddies one. and our yeah. one friend who was the biggest Paul Thomas Anderson fan of the group couldn't make it that night. And he, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> ouch! And that way he oh. never, never, ever forgot that. Oh, uh, guy. Yeah, That's but I was there and it was great. Uh, <laughs> and on that note, uh, uh, thank you very much, Jeremy. You know, this you is always a treat for us. You you are a super host, and hopefully one it's day we go over, we can go back to your man cave and do I this. Know, I've never it. seen this in a man cave. Well, we get a pizza and we get some beers, and I'll tell you, it it's it's it takes the edge off. It's good times. And thank we'll, you, guys. We'll do it again. Let's all go to the Thanks for joining us for Mad Max. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.